Oh my gosh, you guys are here again? Obviously they are. This is a great podcast. <gasps> oh, good point. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, in this episode, we recap the Golden Globes. We talk about some crazy headlines. It's officially March, so we will start off Women's History Month and celebrate International Women's Day with a very special guest who is changing the game. Let's do it. Here we go. Hey, everyone. It's John Flynn. And Sierra Morabito. With what about it? Hey, guys. What is up? And welcome back to What About It? episode four welcome back we're so excited you guys are here again we have an amazing show for you today very relevant to what's happening this month and let's get right into it let's do it well for starters we want to say thank you everyone for the love on our last episode we're so glad that you all loved johnny coming on as a guest yeah isn't he the most iconic love doctor I learned so much and now I'm ready to not be single. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had like another question that came up in my head this weekend that John, I texted you about. And I was like, is it weird if I call Johnny? Like, it was like like a love related question. And I really wanted to know his input. (laughs) We all need him on speed dial. He has the answers for all things love. Yeah. So we'll definitely have him back for another episode and we'll give a heads up to everyone beforehand so they can submit their questions. I know. And listen, ladies, people were DMing me being like, is he single? He is. He's focusing on himself. But, you know, put yourself out there. You never know. Yeah, we were getting plenty of DMs, DMs from people who enjoyed the podcast, DMs from his um, exes. (laughs) Lots of things going on. Yeah, there's lots of tea. (laughs) So another thing we wanted to say is thank you all for submitting your answers to the deal or deal breakers on our Instagram. A lot of people, Sierra, agreed with us, which made me feel good. I know I noticed I was happily surprised that the question of do if would you be okay would it be a deal breaker if they live far away most people said that's a deal not a deal breaker so they agreed with Johnny and I which I thought was interesting yeah I feel like in the year of like 2021 it kind of seems like anything is possible like who cares if they live a plane right away or whatever like Exactly. You got I mean, your phone. If you find the right person, we'll make it work. We got Zoom, FaceTime, <laughs> Skype, everything. We're good. Yeah, pretty soon we'll have like a holographic like images of people like showing up. <laughs> I'm lonely. I'm ready. Someone make it for me. Moving on. <laughs> Seriously. But John, I want to know how is your week? It's been good. Happy March. I cannot believe Happy that March. we're already into the third month uh, of the year. But it's been, it's been a good year. It's been busy. It was a little nicer out. The snow started melting. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. How was your week? Yeah, um, my week's been good. It's been pretty busy, but I I just can't believe that this coming weekend, a year ago today, will be that I was going on spring break. And that was like my last week of like college like shenanigans and like what a difference suddenly the makes. world. Oh my gosh, I know it. It's so, so wild. Like I, the fact that it's been an entire year of worldly chaos. I mean, it's insane Ugh. to think that a year ago you were going on vacation and I can't remember the last time I haven't even been on a plane since the pandemic. I know. Oh my gosh. Cause yeah, you like, I remember texting you and you're like, I think something's going on. And cause you went out of the country. You're like, I think something's yeah. going on in America what's, or the world. What's going <laughs> yeah, on? We like, didn't know anything that was happening. Like I was just getting texts from my mom and dad being like, just like sanitize like your seat and like <laughs> wiped everything Don't down breathe wherever you are. Just hold your, hold your breath the entire flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was so wild. Oh, 
One year later, congrats, everyone. We made it. We made it through. Okay. So, Sierra, we got lots to discuss. Let's get into the ketchup. Not to be mistaken for mustard. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, did you get a chance to watch the Golden Globes? Yes. What'd you think? They were great. Um, obviously the standout moments for me were regarding the fashion. <laughs> yeah, whose outfits did you like? So I did note a few people that I was like, oh my gosh, like these dresses are absolutely stunning. So when it comes to like awards show fashion, I always lean towards like the simplistic, like classy chic looks. Okay. Like I love a bright color. I I but I, I'm not such like I don't really enjoy like a pattern so much when it comes to like a ball gown. You want more so of the a dress glamour, that I, the simple. Yes, exactly. So a standout dress for me that I really loved was Amanda Seyfried in mm, Oscar de la Renta. Good. Did you see hers? Yeah, she looked really good. It was absolutely beautiful. It was like like a light, like, what would you call this color? Like a salmon? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, so gorgeous. And I love like the um, floral ruching, like mm, here for it. And I love how she was just, she looked stunned. I mean, everyone looks stunning, but they're just sitting in their living rooms, which is I awesome. Know. I mean, like we need to wear ball gowns and suits when we do the Zoom uh, yeah, we, podcast. Yeah, I, I tried to like look a little better this episode after watching back our clips. And I'm like, oh, oh please, like, you look great. a lot always. of people are seeing those things. <laughs> um, but another outfit that I really liked was Regina King in Louis Vuitton. Her dress was so glamorous. It was very chic, um, black and silver, a beautiful cut and very shimmery. I was really into it. I thought she looked absolutely stunning. Yeah, she looked really good. You know who I thought had such an amazing outfit with Jamie Lee Curtis. She looked so good. Did you see that? She was in yellow. I was like, okay, Jamie Lee Curtis, pull out, come from Halloween and go to the Golden Globes looking amazing. (laughs) We love a Halloween yellow moment. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I thought the Golden Globes was interesting. It's so weird to see how every award show will do their award show during the pandemic, because I know obviously I, I love music award shows and they do a lot of performances in person. But mm-hmm. I noticed that besides when people were coming up to uh, say the, what, what what's that called? The, not the announcers. What are the people called like, when they come out to, I'm blanking on it. The, the people who are giving the awards out? Yeah. Like who are what are those speeches? called? Yeah. <laughs> Just the people who give speeches. Okay. <laughs> the people who give the speeches. They were, a lot of them were in person, but almost every nominee was at home, which was interesting. So they yeah. had a lot of technical difficulties and I think they mm-hmm. made the most of it, but I felt so bad. Some people would give acceptance speeches and they'd be muted or cut off. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. that really sucks. <laughs> like this is such a huge moment, especially for I like, know. you know, artists and creators and like to just be like, nope, sorry, you don't get it. <laughs> I know they wait their whole lives to get this recognition. And then it's like, no. And then also I, I want to say it's really good that they're making the initiative uh, next year to have uh, more diversity within the voting committee, because it was really yes. awkward that they had to keep saying that throughout the show it's like you know it's 2021 you should have already had that but let's hope that they actually pull through and do better next year completely agree I can't wait until we get to the moment where it doesn't need to be like a statement of like we need Mm -hmm. to do this we need to do that and we're already doing it right like I hope they just do better instead of having to completely every time say they're gonna do better yeah absolutely and we've got the Grammys coming up so more awards more awards discussion We will be doing a recap on the Grammys very soon. No worries. Mm -hmm. We got you covered. Okay, so I don't know if you saw this, but there was another legal Zoom fail 
I don't. I know previously there was the vi- viral cat filter the cat on the video. lawyer that went <laughs> that went viral yeah, actually, crazy. I don't know this story, so do share, please. I was shocked when I saw this. So in California, there was a doctor, and he got a traffic violation and had to go to a court hearing, which now again just like the Golden Globes are on Zoom, and <laughs> the Zoom hearing started, and all of a sudden, mid Zoom. The judge started noticing, he's like, wait a second, this, uh, he's a doctor, I think, I believe he's a plastic surgeon. He realized mm-hmm. that he had on his scrubs and his mask on, and he was like, this seems kind of weird in the wait, environment. in the court hearing? In the court hearing, and then all of a sudden he realized, hold on a second, this doctor is mid-surgery doing his <laughs> court hearing. He is doing no. the ultimate multitask, which is so not okay. So the judge asked him, and he goes, um... I, I, is someone currently getting surgery unconscious? And you see the patient in the video partly in the background. What? Did they have to sign a talent release for? <laughs> I don't even know if they knew what was going on. And the judge was like, um, are you doing surgery now? He's like, yes, sir, I am. He's like, you know, I don't think that's the time or the place to be doing surgery. I mean, was he really that cheap? He couldn't just reschedule the surgery? Yeah, I mean, being a plastic surgeon, like you're making a lot of money, like, don't do it the same day as your court appearances that's like also just disrespectful to the person getting the surgery if they didn't like what's the word like sign off to that like I know how would you feel if you were that patient I would be so I would be I would be so uncomfortable especially if like footage leaked (laughs) I know like I mean apparently there was another surgeon there that he said he would when he was answering questions he would do his part but it's like dude you are halfway a knife in someone cutting someone open being like yes I understand I should not have parked there like that's not okay (laughs) it is that's ridiculous yeah that's ridiculous I think we all need to start learning time management I guess Mm -hmm. and I think we need to know uh, again reevaluate the time and place type thing I don't think your court hearing is the best time to be operating yeah I think like yeah like prioritize and think of others yeah well to that doctor please do better and everyone else <laughs> make sure to but thanks for the laugh management yes yeah and we hope okay. whoever was getting surgery is okay <laughs> <laughs> all right on to the next story so a few days ago i got yes. an alert on my phone from hollywood reporter what's going that on that said lady gaga's dog stolen her assistant shot in hollywood theft I know. I saw that. that heartbreaking. Oh my gosh. I, I read that and I was like, no, no, that's not real. And that was like immediately when it came out. So I couldn't do any further research. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, what is her, like, is her assistant? Okay. Are the dogs? Okay. Like she has beautiful dogs. Like where the heck are they? Mm-hmm. And so this had, this went on for like a couple of days where, well, one, her, her assistant dog Walker got put in the hospital. He had pretty bad shot wounds and then mm. her dogs were stolen she ended up putting out like a an award if someone were to turn in her dogs no questions asked five hundred thousand dollars yeah oh a my gosh money. that that's a lot of money and ultimately the dogs were returned i know and that's the whole story is just so strange so strange also like did we brush over like the whole like criminal aspect of it mm. like of course yeah like the dog's we love dogs. Like we want them returned and like Lady Gaga loves her dogs, get her her puppies. But somebody shot her assistant slash dog walker. That's not okay. No, it's not. And they just left him there. And I, I so the 
the dog walker is thankfully okay. He was in critical condition, but he got out of surgery and he posted on Instagram. And the story he tells of it where the two dogs were taken of the three, but the third dog after he was shot, he was laying just there on the street and the dog came over and comforted him. And he said that, you know, he it was like a little angel there next to him he posted something on instagram about this and to me that just shows you one how great dogs are but two lady gaga goes out of the country i can't imagine her worrying about you know she probably feels horrible that this happened to someone she employs and her dogs are missing and yeah it's the i hope they find out who did it i know there was a video footage yeah but i don't know if they can make out who it is who did this but (sighs) no more of this please yeah let's move on to some better things lady gaga and her dog walker and the dogs we wish you all the best we're thinking of you a speedy recovery sending good vibes yes sending good vibes out as i said at the start of this podcast it's officially march happy march everyone happy march to you too john thank you march is women's history month and this tuesday march 8th is actually international women's day celebrating the social economic cultural and political achievements of women the day also marks a call to action for accelerating women's equality this year's campaign theme is hashtag choose to challenge this campaign is all about choosing to challenge and call out gender bias and inequality by doing so we can create an inclusive world as stated on the international women's day website from challenge comes change. So let's all choose to challenge. Our next guest does exactly that. She is a kick-ass woman who is choosing to challenge a very male-dominated industry. She's created a space and a platform for women in sports to share their stories, network, and create change. After graduating from Ithaca College with a bachelor's in marketing communications, she created the social media platform and podcast, Women Changing the Game. She has her own experience in sports after playing college field hockey for three years and working in sports with corporate partnerships, was a game day intern for the Jets, a match day stage manager, and a game presenter for the New York City Football Club. She's a strong and inspiring woman, and I'm lucky enough to call her one of my friends. Introducing Mary-Kate Siegel! Hello! That was a great introduction. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share with everyone about women changing the game and just talk with you guys about it. Yay, we're so happy you're here. Oh my gosh, John, while you were giving that intro, I was just thinking, what a legend and what Mm. haven't you done? (laughs) Mary-Kate is the best. (laughs) Mary-Kate's the best and we love, we wanted to really highlight some amazing women this month. And for International Women's Day, you were the perfect person to come on. And mm-hmm. we are so proud. You know, I am personally so proud. I've known you now for a little bit. We met in school um, out in LA and I've just loved getting to know you. And it's so cool to see all the amazing things you've done since graduation. So I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about women changing the game. Yeah, of course. Again, thank you guys for having me. Um, This is a really awesome podcast, so I'm excited to be here. And yeah, so Women Changing the Game is pretty much a platform for women and girls wanting to work in sports or already working in sports. Um, We're pretty much a social media platform currently mainly based on Instagram, and I just started a podcast recently as well. 
And Women Changing the Game is all about just bringing a change to the male-dominated industry of sports. And I created this platform for women in the industry to build off of one another, connect with each other, tell stories, um, have people that they can look up to. So with my Instagram, I highlight a woman of the week every week. And then awesome. on the podcast, I go into detail with that woman. And this way, you know, my followers can have someone that they can look up to, that they can gain um, news from, gain knowledge from if they don't have those people in their life, which is like the main reason why I wanted to start it. And um, it's kind of its own alumni base if you don't have these women in sports that you can look up to in college, we kind of create that space for women. Wow. I absolutely love that. And I think that's something so cool that like, I'm so happy we're talking about it this month, but this is like a everyday thing that obviously must continue to be talked about. And that's so cool. Um, What is your Instagram handle? Women changing the game. And that pretty much is the handle for everything. Um, I just started on TikTok too, which I am not the best at. No, you are slowly taking <laughs> Actually, you. <laughs> no, I, I found you on TikTok. I was telling my boyfriend about how you were coming on and he was like, oh, you need to look at her TikTok. And, <laughs> and I took a look at it and you have like so many, you have so much traction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm working on um, women changing the games TikTok specifically that like just trying to, you know, share knowledge about women in sports through that, because I know it's like the big platform right now to um, reach people all over. So I'm working at that right now and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So can you take us back to the beginning and tell us about that process of like, what inspired you? Like, what was the moment that was like, okay, this is something that I need to do? Yeah. So a lot of factors went into starting the page, mainly having to do with COVID, but I'll start from the beginning. So as like John introduced me, I had just got done with two internships with the Jets and the New York City Football Club. And I was doing them kind of simultaneously um, after college because after school and sports, you kind of still want to do internships if you don't have that much experience, just Mm -hmm. so that you're prepared for a full-time job. So after those, I felt like it was kind of time. I was ready, I think, to start applying for full-time jobs. I actually ended up coming across another somewhat internship. It was a seasonal golf travel internship and I ended up getting it. Mm. And a couple weeks before I was supposed to leave for this, COVID hit and it got completely canceled. So I remember like leading up to it, I was like, things were shutting down. I was like, oh God, I'm not going to be going on a travel internship. Like that's probably going to get canceled. So yeah, that was wrecked. And then from that day, I kind of watched the sports world fall fall apart um, Mm -hmm. from that day on. And, you know, I needed to find a way to stay connected in the sports world as everything was slowly like going and just still stay in touch with these people that I had worked with kind of, you know, still stay in touch with what was going on with the sports world and all of that. So I think it all really came full circle when I also started thinking about at Ithaca, how I didn't really have that many women that I looked up to in the sports world. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is the perfect time to start this page. You know, everybody's kind of in a loss right now. Everybody's losing their jobs or don't know what to do after graduating. And 
I felt like this was going to be a great way to keep women connected in these hard times. And also it's hard anyways, in general, to be a woman Mm -hmm. in sports. So, and it's, I think the strength in numbers and the strength when you can actually connect with fellow people in your industry or interests, or just in general, you know, like you said, women coming together is so powerful and helps propel everyone's careers. And if we all uplifted each other more than, you know, (laughs) not, we would see a lot more progress. But now you talked about COVID a lot, Mm -hmm. what you just said, how in general, do you think COVID has really impacted the sports industry? I mean, a lot, (laughs) as I'm sure (laughs) other... No, yeah, as I'm sure, not as I'm sure, I know all other industries, it's been really scary for everyone. Um, I mean, I think the sports world took a huge hit just because now you have athletes that can't participate and then also the workers who work for these athletes and work for these big games. And I think just like entertainment, like you guys are involved in, it's all about the crowds, the fans, that Mm -hmm. excitement of everything. And when that's taken away, it it sucks. And it's like, what is this anymore? And then you have to also think about the workers who are a part of making all of, you know, these great things happen from being in promotions like I did with a minor league baseball team. And that was me solely working with fans. And now you don't have that. Or when I was with the jets, bringing people down to the field that's done away with. And then in the beginning, athletes weren't even playing. So it's all kind of crazy. And then just like food vendors and security losing their jobs as well. So you have not only college students ready to get a job and not being able to find anything but also people who have worked in the industry for years with like crazy experience losing their job yeah absolutely um so something that I absolutely love about what you're doing is how it is so inspiring to not only you took a situation that was like, oh, this could benefit me, but it could also benefit so many other people and women in the industry. So I'm curious what you think are some of the biggest inequalities and injustices for women in sports? Yeah, that's a great question. Unfortunately, there are a lot. Um, Stereotyping is a big one. Unfortunately, a lot of people think just because we're women in this male dominated industry that we don't know as much that, you know, we're not involved as much and that kind of thing. And that leads to proving ourselves, which ultimately sucks because, um, you know, I was just talking with the, on my podcast with the first female soccer agent, first African-American female soccer agent. So and she's saying like how these men are, saying oh wow like does she belong here kind of thing and then she said as she talks to them and she realizes how passionate they she is about it how knowledgeable she is about it then they're like oh yeah she does belong but that's the problem is the fact that like she has to prove herself in that way or that there's that step that we have to take of having a conversation and proving our knowledge or proving that we are passionate about it is it sucks that we have to go through that. So stereotyping is a big one. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also just, you know, being judged on our appearance, what we wear, how we look, especially broadcasters and reporters. This is a big one for them. One of my first posts on women changing the game was about Mariah Taylor, who 
did was reporting for her first Monday night football game, I think it was. And this news broadcaster made a Twitter comment like, oh, she looks like she's going to a nightclub or something. And then everybody was judging her outfit. And it's kind of like, why do we have to be judged on that? Why can't we see the bigger picture of, wow, it's her first, you know, night reporting on Monday night football as a black female in sports, like how amazing is that? And then she's getting judged on her outfit. So that there's that. And, um, just then the unequal pay and the lack of sponsorship and advertising campaigns that are also increasing it. But all of those things are kind of the main basis of it. Yeah. And I think like, obviously these are so big in the sports industry, but like you mentioned, these issues do stretch so much further in so many alternative industries, whether it's broadcasting or working in something corporate, if you're a female and and you show up wearing what you think is just like a cute outfit automatically, if people are like, oh my gosh, like, look at her, like flashing her body, like doing whatever, like you're not even, you're not doing that. Like you're just wearing a normal outfit. It's just the way that our bodies are built. And, Mm -hmm. and I wish that that wasn't a thing. I wish that we could put a different lens on that somehow and just let people wear what they want and what makes them feel confident and get rid of that, like judgmental factor and like those assumptions, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's an overall thing, not just in sports, but yeah, it stinks. So you just touched on some of the biggest inequalities and injustices for women in sports. What can we all do to help change gender inequality for women in sports? Another great question. Actually, it's (laughs) funny because as I was talking about in the beginning, um, TikTok, I made recently on Women Changing the Game a TikTok on this where I was like pointing to like what to do. One of those things. You haven't seen it? I need to go on. Hold up. <laughs> so everyone go watch that and you can learn now. Um, yes. So if you're into, I would say, yeah, if you're into watching sports and you're a fan, I always say to um, prioritize women's sports because that's a big one. A lot of people don't watch women's sports. And I mean, a big factor of that is they don't get enough TV time. But I always mm-hmm. say, if you're a fan, you know, hype them up as you do your your favorite football team on Sunday. Like everybody's obsessed with Sunday football. You know, be obsessed with like watching the, you know, the women's soccer and WNBA. And my boyfriend's obsessed with the Chiefs, but he will get as much into like women's soccer as he does for football. Like we get excited oh, about that. I love so, that. Yeah. <laughs> Men so listen up. <laughs> no if you're a guy like it can be fun like he's like oh wow like they're working really hard on the field right now and like Mm -hmm. it's no different than a male sport so um definitely be as into it as you are into male sports with that comes like you have male idols like LeBron James and big football players and all these people like have women idols too you can just easily you know follow them on Instagram and see what cool things they're doing um just talk about them as much as you do. If you're not that into watching sports, you can just spread the word, you know, like I said, have idols as you do male idols and just get educated. That's the best thing I can say, like with all issues in the world, if you're not seriously into them, as long as you just educate yourself on what's going on in the world and what's wrong with it, that's the most important thing you can do. 
Awesome. Thank you for those tips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a quick question. Um, yeah. up with that. So you mentioned that, that your boyfriend is also into like women's sports and he'll get really like hyped up for the games. Yeah. Do you think like, obviously this is a big part of your life. Do you think that your influence had something to do with that? Or was he someone who was like already into it or how has like your involvement, like influence, not only him, but like the people around you? Yeah. I would say actually, unfortunately, it probably was me being the influence. You know, it wasn't that he's just like a huge women's sports <laughs> soccer fan. Yeah, you definitely just like, wow. not. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, no, no, I wish. Um, but no, definitely me being the influence. So I guess what comes with that is just kind of surrounding yourself too with people who kind of care about that stuff as much as as you do and who will make the changes. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's a good question because no, he wasn't as into them. And I'm sure like there's a lot of men out there who just aren't into women's sports as much as they are male, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's like, how do we, how do we get them to be more into like women's sports? Yeah, I think like just showing it on TV more, making making more cool stuff, like exposure on TV and not even on TV, making, you know, the games more important, like really hyping them up. And that comes from within the industry, I think. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing like we can really do about that. But then like, if I want to work in the sports industry, like that's something that I want to bring into the industry and make those changes as I'm moving up in the industry. Obviously, we've talked a lot about change, and we hope that we will see a lot of change. But how Mm -hmm. specifically would you Uh, measure that amount of success of where you're like okay we've seen a good change in women in sports what to you would be that measurement of success (laughs) what's that milestone (laughs) if there is yeah and obviously I mean it's like we constantly want more and more change but is there like a couple key points that you think would be awesome goals for you to try to meet yeah the key points to measure success in women's sports would obviously for everyone to be on an equal playing field, everyone to just be equal. But I think this is where um, it's really important when there's one, when there's like no more headlines, like in the beginning, like you guys were talking about um, at the whatever award show that it's not just talking about what's going to happen and like oh this is what we're going to do it's like there's no more talk about it it just happens and so there's no when there's no more headlines of women's first you know first general manager there recently was first female soccer agent like I talked about Mm -hmm. when there's no more like in the news like oh there's a first this and it's just normal that these things are happening is when is how you can measure women's success that's one And then two, I say this just because I want like girls to have people to look up to is just when every little girl like has a role model in what they want to be in sports, but not just like a woman, a woman of like every culture. So say like you have a role model of a woman general manager. Do you have like a woman role model of now an Asian general woman manager, an African-American women general manager? So then like someone they can look up to who looks like them and who they realize, oh, you know, that person is just like me. I want to be like them and I can be like them because I see it happening. 
So when that happens, which obviously that's going to be a while. So we do have, but a it long will way happen, to go, but it will <laughs> happen. And yeah, I think what's really cool is all of these women who are like the first, everything are always like, yeah, I'm the first, but I'm not going to be the last. And yeah, that's like yes. their main thing is it's cool that I'm the first and we can talk about that, but I'd rather talk about how, who's coming after me and how we're going to make this not the just the first and then it's over with like what's going to come after me which is so cool yeah absolutely oh I love that and I love that mentality for us and for everybody listening so I know that you mentioned that something that inspired you to start this was that you didn't have a lot of um women who you could like look to in situations and so because and so this opened doors for you and like networking and meeting new women but I'm curious is there someone who you do look up to who's who like has been an inspiration to you or a woman who has been successful in this industry that you really admire um I'm just gonna go ahead and sorry I'm not gonna say a specific woman but <laughs> go ahead and say like all of the women who have been highlighted on my page or my platform I really wasn't expecting it to be the way that it is now but I seriously look up to like every woman I've had on my podcast every woman of the week that I've highlighted whether that's um like the CEO of the draft network I've had and then I've had an intern in college and I look up to them just as much like equally and I get like great advice from them equally like you know matter if you're you're younger than me or you're older than me. I've been looking up to these women because I'm like, wow, they're doing really cool things and I want to be like them. And so that has been really cool with this page that now I have these women to look up to because I'm not really sure that I did have a specific idol. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So now it's cool that I do have these idols. And a lot of people who have came on my podcast have talked about how maybe they have a, they're older and maybe they have like a college player who's their idol. So I think also being able to look at people younger than you and say that they can still be your idol is something I've learned throughout this too, which is cool. Amazing. So you touched a little bit on when I asked you about how to measure success in general for women in sports. And you talked about the long-term goals of the industry. Do you have any yeah. specific long-term goals for women changing the game? Yeah, I do have a lot of long-term goals. And I think that they also are going to change as I continue to grow this platform, as like I continue to work with people who have the same similar ideas and mindset as me. My overall main goal, like when starting this, was to bring it to colleges and bring it to schools even high schools that are maybe underprivileged or don't have the alumni talks that we get at college or the, you know, help that we have gotten through Ithaca College. I kind of want to bring it to schools to introduce what women working in sports is really about. So that's definitely a long-term goal I have. And then the main one is just to be a platform that creates opportunities so nothing specific about that, but just something that, you know, whatever we do can create an opportunity, even if it's for one girl in the industry or wanting to be in the industry, if we can create that and be a small part of making a change to women's sports, that's the goal of it. Amazing. Well, we are so inspired by you and yeah. we love everything that you're doing Thank with you. women changing the game. 
Uh, yeah, I'm so excited for everyone to look at your accounts and for this really to to grow because I can see it going so far. It's so amazing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope just even if I can help like one person, that's all I care about. So You are. I already see on your page how many people that you're helping and connecting with. Oh my with gosh, and- yeah. Thank it's so you. inspiring and amazing. Would you yeah. stick around uh, to keep going with us and do our next segment? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> Let's do I'm it. I'm all for it. I love this podcast. I'm not kidding. Aww. <laughs> it is time for the weekly wonders. Let's do it. <laughs> so thank you all so much for submitting more weekly wonders. We absolutely love answering your questions. And we got some really interesting and tea-filled questions this mm-hmm. week. So it was tough to choose. But John and I did narrow it down to a couple. We'll start with one. Um, see where that takes us. So someone submitted a question saying, how do you confront a situation without seeming insecure? A that's a loaded one. question. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a loaded question because, well, I have like a rhetorical, like a, or a question back, but like, it depends on the situation, right? Like what would this, what is the situation? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. So I think that this could go both ways, whether it's in a relationship or in a friendship. For example, in a relationship, if you're, if your significant other has a close friend of like the opposite gender or something that maybe does make you feel intimidated, but not because you're insecure, but because you just like, it's just like weird seeing them giving like another person like that attention that you crave. I think that that can be an interesting situation to confront like without it, like letting your insecurities shine, um, if that makes sense. And then in a friendship, it can also be interesting. Like if you, for example, if you think that someone is like, like copying you or I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, no, that's a good one. John or MK, do you have one? No, but I'm going to go back to like confronting these situations. I feel Mm -hmm. like it almost, if you, if you don't confront the situation, I feel like it almost makes you more insecure because for me, Mm. like having things sit inside of me, like Mm. that can just like bring out an insecure personality in yourself. And for me, I just have to like confront things. Like Mm. I have to be that way. Cause otherwise if it sits inside me, that might make me even more insecure because then you're just thinking about it all the time. So I'm like the type of person who has to tell my like partner friend whatever like this is what I think and sometimes that's hard and that's weird but I'm the type of person that otherwise like it just comes out in the way I act so I have to say how I feel yeah I can totally relate to that also I hate that the word insecure has such a negative connotation with it I mean what's wrong with having emotions and feeling upset about something I mean we all go through we talked to last episode about having trauma and that may be carrying over into or something bad that happened in your past relationship carrying over into your current or new relationship and that's gonna end up giving you insecurity as people call it but that's not something bad that's just some things that happen in your life and they carried over and you shouldn't be ashamed of that and if this is a true friend or a the right partner for you they'll understand that quote quote insecurity it shouldn't be a negative thing we shouldn't if you're already feeling insecure you shouldn't then be worried about being insecure you know what i mean like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just a double not good situation yeah like, i totally agree with that like in a healthy situation with whomever um like confronting your feelings shouldn't come out as an insecurity it should it should be like a, like a safe situ- a safe space and situation for you to be honest and be vulnerable and hope that that person will 
make you feel better instead of making you feel like flawed or insecure. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just like MK where if something's bothering me, it eats at me. I have to yeah. think about it. And I, I know there's some people though, that it's the opposite way. Like Sierra, are you more of someone that if something's upset is upsetting you, you feel insecure, would you want to express that? Or are you more someone who will keep it in and try not to say anything? Well, I, I'm all for like confronting situations. Like I hate sitting with things because like you guys are saying, like, I will not stop like thinking about it and thinking right. about it and thinking about it. But then like, I run into this issue sometimes where like, I will avoid confronting a situation because I don't want to like be annoying or like yeah. something like that. And I like go back and forth in my head with like, if I say this, oh, is this just like a stupid thing to bring up? Or is this just like a dumb, like annoying thought that I'm having? Like, why am I thinking this way? And then typically what I'll do in situations like that is reach out to friends like John or something and like explain the situation and be like, okay, am I being crazy? <laughs> I just need someone to like, yeah. tell me if this is legitimate or not. <laughs> That's almost nice to have though, like a friend to reach out to instead of just like pouring it all on whoever you're feeling that way about. But also it's just good to have good communication at the end of the day. Like if you can have that, then who even cares about insecurity? Like just talk it through, you know, say what you're feeling. If you feel like your feelings aren't being validated, then that's probably the other person's problem. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. I said, I mean, you shouldn't have to tiptoe around your emotions and say things yeah. in certain ways. Uh, to partners in your life or friends, but approach is everything. Yeah. Instead of going yeah. straight up crazy on the person. coming <laughs> <out with> it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I think like moral of the story for this question, um, again, the original question was how do you confront a situation without seeming insecure is to not be afraid of your feelings, create an open communication um, environment and not so much think that it makes you look insecure and instead surround yourself with people who don't see you like that and let you be open and honest, right? And don't be ashamed of insecurity. Own it. It shouldn't be yeah. negative. Mm -hmm. We're allowed to feel. Yeah, <laughs> we're humans. Okay. Well, another great question that we got asked this week was what are some self-care tips that we have? So oh. Yara MK got any good self-care tips? I've had a lot recently. Like I'm all into the self-care right now. I don't know what it is. COVID maybe. Um, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I feel like just go for it. Like if it makes you feel good, like buy whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like I feel like self-care stuff is so expensive anymore, but I say like, just go for it. Cause like, it's all worth it. Like lately I've been getting like so many good, like scrubs and um, <laughs> silk pillows. And like, oh my I, gosh, this whole, I got like, those too. The silk pillowcases. Yeah, they're, they're the best. <laughs> and then like, I have this whole sleep routine now. I got like some, you know, meditation lotion and um, aromatherapy. I'm like looking cause it's right next to me. Aromatherapy <laughs> like, sleep, <laughs> sleep spray. No, like I think just go for it. Like that's one. And then just like wake up in the morning early, feel good. I also guys, I did a podcast episode recently about this kind of stuff. So just oh, like wake up some in the morning. Yeah. Feel good. <laughs> go to sleep early. Those would be mine. Yeah. I love that. I think I like agree with that. Like if, if it's something healthy that like makes you feel good, yeah. why not do it? Like mm -hmm. if it's gonna cost you extra money or whatever, if, if ultimately it's going to make you happier, I say, do it splurge, yeah. buy that exactly. pillow spray. 
at this yeah. current state, it's the little things that get us through. So yeah. it's worth it. Buy that pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I think like where it starts to become an issue, which um I might be guilty of, is when like online shopping turns into self-care. Yeah. And then um you're just like like every time you're sad, you just start like putting a ton of things in your basket. And you're like, you're like oh, I whatever. deserve like, this. I'm just gonna get it. <laughs> I deserve you know, this 50th shirt. and that's something like that I am so guilty of like if I'm in a rut like I also just like love like fashion and like clothes Mm. and stuff so just like looking at like things that I think are pretty just makes me feel better but then like I have to draw that line between like do I really need this like maybe I can just meditate instead or like maybe I can just like (laughs) go for a walk like I don't need to buy all 50 of these shirts speaking of going on a walk for me that's one huge self-care thing that I've been doing is Uh, I mean, we're all cooped up during this time this past year, but specifically for people who are doing with the winter of snow and not being able to go outside that much. For me, it's been amazing just to be able to even go on a 15 minute walk and get fresh air and not be cooped up just doing zoom calls all day or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you do. I think that it's really important to get outside, get fresh air, exercise. Like I know MK and I, when we lived in LA would always just do these outdoor workouts it was like the best little things like you know see your friends from a distance (laughs) but (laughs) you know it's just about I I personally yes self-care is about doing things for yourself but I'm ready to do things with other people too like I want to be outside let's go for a run let's go on a walk you know what I mean yeah I love that energy No, I think working out for me is a big one, whether that's literally just walking or going to the gym or whatever, but being with people when you're working out, it's a whole nother vibe. Like you said, like our LA workouts outside. So it's just a a good vibe. You know, you're chatting with people while doing something like good for your body. Mm -hmm. Love it. Put on the good music get into the good vibes, have a moment. Yeah, yeah, we need to get rid of this snow, get that warm weather so we can keep those vibes yep. rolling. <laughs> well, thank you, MK, so much for being here and also joining us in this conversation of Weekly Wonders. We loved having you on. Thank you for letting me talk about women changing the game and spreading the word. And I loved being on and talking about these questions. That was really actually so fun. So Aww. thank you guys. And thank you to everybody who listened to this too. Yay. I hope that everybody listening feels as inspired as I know that John and I both do after talking to you and um, really feel that if they haven't already, it's time to take action. Yes. yes. Oh my God. You guys are my hype people. No, for real. <laughs> and here for you. You've been such a great friend to me, but just seeing you do these amazing things, it's so inspiring. And I can't wait to see what women changing the game will just continue building up and doing. So where I know you mentioned multiple times that I think your handles are at women changing the game for almost everywhere, every platform, but where can people find you specifically and women changing the game in general? Yeah. Um, Mary Kate Siegel is my Instagram name. So that's me specifically. And then women changing the game is on Instagram at women changing the game on TikTok at women changing the game. You can hit up my email anytime, womenchangingthegame at gmail.com. Slide in my DMs. Um, (laughs) No, seriously. And womenchangingthegame.com. There's a blog on there. And Women Changing the Game is the name of the podcast. So like, that's all you need to know. Find me on anything. We have a link tree on my Instagram too, where you can get it all right there. So you all better be following it all. Yes. (laughs) Well, okay. Thank you all for listening to this episode. And 
Happy Women's Month. Yes, Happy Women's Month. We'll be doing some cool things throughout the rest of the month. Per usual, make sure that you download the episode, subscribe and follow. Make sure to give us a good rate and review. And most importantly, tell everyone you know about the podcast. Yeah, tell everyone. There'll be a brand new episode next Thursday. Make sure to stay up to date on all things What About It by following us on Instagram and TikTok at What About It Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at John Flynn Music. And you can find me at Sierra Morabito on Instagram. Okay, well, we'll see you guys next week. Ta ta ta. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love this podcast.